Hey there, this is Mikola Dumenko, and welcome to another episode of the Financial Analyst Warrior podcast. Uh, today is episode number 11, and it's going to be slightly different. Uh, Miguel is not able to join us for the uh, for this show, uh, so today is just going to be me. It's going to be solo, um, but um, for those of you listening, thank you very much for uh, sticking around. I know that we had taken a couple of months uh, off, and uh, we uh, didn't necessarily record anything any new episode for uh, since uh, pretty much early 2016 so for uh, but we're still very active on the website if uh, you haven't uh, checked it out yet financialanalystwarrior.com so definitely uh, definitely do that um, and uh, for those who uh, have successfully passed the um, june 2016 level one uh, level two and level three exams uh, definitely a uh, big congratulations to you uh, and as well as those who are starting new with a uh, level one exam in December 2016, approaching in a couple of months, well, best of luck, and hopefully you um, you have your your books ready. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if you're not necessarily sure where to start, of course, definitely uh, I would recommend you check out the uh, CFA um, study hacks uh, and the CFA uh, starter kits available on our uh, on our website. Um, so today um, I want to talk to you about a concept called Monte Carlo simulation. Uh, we recently wrote a blog post about it as well on our website and um, you know it's a, it's a topic that uh, sounds glamorous, you know, it uh, sounds a bit intimidating, it sounds complicated, definitely the whole simulation in it is uh, could could be intimidated for some, but there's a couple of things that you know we need to remember. Is first of all, it's def- not going to be on the exam uh, itself. You know, I, whether it's level one, level two, or level three, you don't necessarily need to stress about it that much um, because you need to realize that you know, as the name says, it's a simulation. So it requires usually an access to an Excel and on a computer because you, you you're using you know the tools at your disposal to run uh, you know thousands of simulations in order to come up with a with an outcome so there's no way that you'll be able to do this on the exam um, you know at best what you could be asked is to um, well on level one for example in the multiple choice part you could be asked something like an, a manager is uh, building a portfolio for a client and then he has access to a couple of uh, tools and strategies. So given a particular situation, what would be his best um, you know, tool, what he or she should, should do for, for the client? And in that case, definitely you could be asked, well, you know, is, is a Monte Carlo simulation a, a good fit? for the objective that the manager wants to achieve. So this is would pretty much you know be as far as Monte Carlo simulation would be tested on the level one. Um, on a level two and level three where you do have the the writing part, if it does come up, you know it would probably be something like just you need to understand what it is and be able to r- explain it on the exam and explain it in a way that is is clear to the grader that you basically you you, you grasp the meaning behind Monte Carlo simulation and when it could be a uh, useful tool to uh, to use. But you're definitely not going to be asked to calculate it on the exam. As the name implies, Monte Carlo simulation is, is basically a way for 
an analyst or a portfolio manager to come up with a set of uh, potential variables and potential ways that your uh, factors that you use in calculations could be changed or uh, throughout time throughout your investment horizon because you know there's technically there's two ways of doing the asset allocation there's the static asset allocation and there's more of a dynamic asset allocation um, a static allocate static asset allocation uh, means that when you're doing your research uh, you want to invest for a client for example you're doing your research you're you're looking at the different factors that influence the uh, the market return the client's risk factor uh, risk tolerance the beta of a given stock or a portfolio and then you kind of so you make the research you come up with the uh, a strategy so let's say you want to invest a hundred dollars for 10 years at five percent return and then and then you implement it and then that's it so technically you know ahead of time in 10 years how much your portfolio or your investment should generate based on past performance right that you're able to get um, so kind of like this is one where is set and and forget it in a way um, which is different from dynamic asset allocation in a way dynamic means that the events happening this year or in this time period when you're making the uh, the, the research or the investment decisions um, will have a consequence on the events happening next year and the year after etc so technically each all the years are related so it, it's harder to for someone to say well it's going to be five percent return per year for 10 years uh, because in reality that five percent could be less could be more it could there's a lot of factors that could come into play that you might end up actually losing money not earning that five percent you know in the real, what you learn in the books and then obviously when it comes to real investment is is quite different so because things are constantly changing and influencing the events to come in the future uh, monte carlo simulation is a useful tool in this case because basically you are able to use um, for example excel to input different factors that you're using in your portfolio construction for example such as uh, the level of interest rates or the taxes or the market return um, or exchange rate between let's say us dollar and a canadian dollar etc you can you know potentially have dozens or even hundreds of factors that you would like to in a way simultaneously test to see what the outcome could be if either of those factors change so for example one of the scenarios could be well everything stays the same except for the exchange rate changes another one would be everything stays the same except for the interest rates go down because you're using a computerized model you're able to simulate literally thousands and thousands of of different paths that your investment can take at the end of, of all this you're able to see okay well given a probability of 90 percent with all this, this that has been analyzed well you're most likely looking at a return of six percent instead of five percent or maybe you're looking at a return of actually zero because you're not going to make any money it's a more of a prudent way 
of saying that, well, things constantly move and things constantly influence each other. So it is a bit foolish to say that whatever happened in the past will technically should happen again in the future. So that that static 5% return per year will most likely not going to happen in real life. Monte Carlo simulation in a way helps you to deal with that. And instead of relying on one number or on one input and one set of, of factors, it's relying on thousands and thousands of correlations between those factors, relationships with those factors to kind of give you a more of a solid idea of what you can technically expect uh, giving a certain probability uh, to happen. Uh, it's also, of course, very useful in non-life insurance companies that don't necessarily have an idea when they will need to um, pay liabilities. So for them, it's harder to have a specific set uh, of factors and be sure of a, a, a time or a future value or exact day when they'll have to pay. A lot of things ha you know, go into play in, in insurance factors. There's a lot of uncertainties, a lot of risk as, as well. Monte Carlo simulation could definitely help them as well. Um, or retirement planning. You know, you have a client that is looking to invest money for his retirement, which is in, let's say, 30 years down the road. Well, it's extremely unlikely that if you just set one portfolio with one target return after 30 years that return could technically still happen it's highly unlikely way too many things can happen between now and 30 years from now using monte carlo simulation on the other hand you can simulate you know thousands of variations of real life events and then see how those events would impact the final outcome and the, the actual, um, let's say, capital that the investor will be able to accumulate over the 30 years to see if that person will actually, you know, have enough um, saved for his re retirement based on his retirement needs, or maybe that person will actually fall short because in reality, uh, the investment returns that yeah, you know, the client is going to get it, it's going to be less than expected. Um, or, for example, another uh, another example that we mentioned in the the actual blog post is would be for a, um, you know, a company is looking to invest into uh, to a project. Uh, it could be a 10 year project. And um, obviously, from a just a, a basic cash flow analysis or NPV, you can say, well, you can calculate based on future cash flows, how much um, you know, once you're actually covering the cost, is the project going to be profitable or not today? But in reality, uh, you know, for, as with companies, as with investment professionals, anything can change in those 10 years. You know, pr prices of raw materi materials could change, inflation could change, um, which will uh, change the, the salaries that you pay for your workers, exchange rates uh, can influence the price that you will be paying for the goods that would go uh, as part of the cost of the project, etc. Um, even you could potentially simulate regulatory changes or changes in taxation or changes in the industry, depending if, let's say, if it's a, mono, um, a monopoly or a duopoly. Or... And so basically for all that, this is why um, Monte Carlo simulation is very is very powerful because basically you're, you don't necessarily... Personally, you don't need to calculate all of these things. You're 
you need to find all the factors that you would like to to measure and to see how they correlate to each other and um, and then you kind of let the the, uh, the computer and the Excel do pretty much uh, everything else and at the end the the end result that you get is a more of a realistic idea of the final outcome uh, that you're you're more likely to get based on a given set of um, probabilities basically so this is pretty much it for today uh, you know the the episode was really on the Monte Carlo simulation I hope this kind of clarifies a bit more on what it is and I definitely hope that you're not feeling very stressed about it when you do encounter it um, on the exam or while preparing for the exam uh, as I said it most likely not necessarily going to be on the exam but you still need to have a good an, uh, idea of what it is be able to explain it uh, so that in case someone does ask it uh, or at work or during exam you, you're comfortable you know what it is and you can talk about it so thank you again for listening to another episode of the Financial Analyst Warrior podcast. Uh, definitely going forward, uh, we're going to be releasing the podcast on a more of a regular basis. Um, so if you have any questions, contact us, you know, let us know. Or you can reach us on Facebook, on Twitter. You can send us an email at info at financialanalystwarrior.com or you can even leave comments uh, on our blog post. So thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time.